We are going to have this second missions contribution in just a moment. And we're, we're, we're doing it like this because I want to give you a second to think about what we're being asked to do, what we've been asked to do all along. And there are um, instructions on the front page of the bulletin that tell you how this happens. Um, you will notice in the pews all around you that there are cards similar to this. It'll say Mission Pledge. And if you haven't done so already, I, I hope you've had opportunity to do so, but think about what amount you might be able to give throughout the next year, unless it's your preference to give a gift today or to do both. Uh, but in just a moment, we're going to um, distribute the plates one more time, ask you to participate in it, and then we'll see what our preliminary offering is. And the goal that we're trying to reach is 244880 Front page of the bulletin, I understand that that figure is about 20000 off. That's just a typo. We'll get to that in a second. That's the correct number right there on the screen, 244880. Um, I come to this moment as I have for many years, for over a decade, and I've been asking myself this question, <clears throat> what can I say to encourage you to give towards the mission goal today? I want to remind you of everything that has been said during this month. The Missions Committee has made some very real and some very profound decisions this year about the missions budget. There's a lot of activity, actually, in that budget. It, it, it looks new. It looks different. Because there are some programs that are in there that have been in there for a while, but some that are new. The requested amount is actually less than it was last year. I, I say that to say that the missions committee takes very seriously why they do this. And by the way, if you ever wondered, and I did have this question asked of me this week, why is that number so odd, uh, 244-880? Hey, at least it ends in a zero. Last year it ended in a three. It's because the missions committee takes what they do very seriously. I would like to ask a favor of the missions committee right now, and you'll understand. This is not simply to recognize you, but if you are serving on the missions committee, would you stand up right now? I need, I need people to see who you are, okay? Uh, now, okay, we've got, and don't be shy. Okay, look around you, and you'll see these individuals who serve on the missions committee, okay? I want you to know who they are because you may have questions about missions. These people are happy to discuss that with you. Thank you, missions committee. Thank you for your work, and thank you for being recognized now. Um, by the way, the Missions Committee is a group that's open to anyone who wants to be a part of it. And it may be that you have an interest in helping out with missions, even if you don't want to sit in on a committee. And that's okay. They've expanded this year as well that they now have support teams. And these smaller support teams support our very real people who are serving in missions. I wanted you to see who those go-to people are. I'm happy to talk to you if you come to me, but I'm going to eventually want you to talk to one of those people because they, um, they've been entrusted with this, with this ministry. Well, members of the missions committee all month long have given you information. They've, uh, they've made those decorative cards. They've put out displays. They've told you about the very real people who are involved in all of the missions points represented by these flags and then some others even. We've taken the time to recognize what's happening in our different mission locations. Um, 
We've had some of those real people among us. And they've been speaking to us uh, over this last month. You know, these slides go by uh, very quickly on Sunday morning. John Paul and Ruby Lee Hundley, who serve in Belgium. Christo and Vanya. And we've been with them since they started in a small uh, storefront. And now they meet in a uh, meeting place in Sophia. And our own Gina Belote is, is, is scheduled to go there this, uh, this summer if we support her. Ethiopia, uh, Rick O'Dell, Jim Wilson just came back from there, told us about the very real people they met there. Craig and Lindsay Johnson, they're serving on the mission team. They've just gotten back from Germany. They're ready to be trained. They're still looking at training and what they want to do to serve God. There's real things happening here with real people. We've been in Guyana for years. Noreen Kublal is still there uh, teaching and preaching, and we we support him. Um, Honduras, as I said, John and Michael Carson. John was here this month. We've seen him grow. He grew up in this congregation. John reminded us that there's many methods, but there's one mission. Likewise, Chris and Heather Carroll, they're a legacy of this congregation. They're family, teaching. They've changed what they've been doing over the years in Laos, but one thing that they're doing always is preaching and teaching the gospel. Daniel and Julie Tigner, the kids were down here just now, the last ones giving in the Coins for Christ. Daniel is teaching tonight at 6 p.m. in the assembly on atonement. I want to encourage you to be here for that. Um, Jerry just returned from Nigeria told us some of the things that's going on with people that we've known over there it's going on in that country we've got videos posted about that the Whitakers uh, we've heard their story if you haven't heard their story the story is out there they've moved we've been with them since they moved from Nigeria to Swaziland we've gone through real changes with them Thailand there's a campus ministry in Thailand that uh, and then there's ministers in Thailand that help us with the work that we do in other Southeast Asian countries and then Vietnam we've seen videos from uh, Stefan and his family in Vietnam these are real people you've you've heard about them you've seen these slides go by last uh, last Sunday Bill McDonough was here Bill has a impressive record in mission work he's worked with our congregation for many years and he encouraged us last week he reminded us of this verse That God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. By the way, this is not just a a proof text of God's power. This is a good way to start worship. This is a good way to start praise. That you're praising the One who is able to do more than we can do. And we do that not only in missions, but in everything. We we ought to open more worship services with this. Suggestion, suggestion, okay? We ought to bring this to us. And by the way, did you notice that last part? According to whose power? Not the power of the church, but God's power that's at work within the church. Whose glory? Not the glory of this church or the name of this church or even the different efforts that we're involved in, but the glory of of Christ Jesus that lives and thrives in His church. And did you notice that next part? Through every generation, forever and ever. This is one of those things, this doesn't apply just to kids, or youth, or college, or joy bunch, or 
other bunch or whatever group we're talking about. Every generation has the power of Christ and the glory of Christ working through it in some way. He's able to do immeasurably more. These are the things that have been said. What can I possibly say to encourage you to give? Well, at this point, I think that um, I can offer you nothing more than this very familiar, perhaps too familiar verse from Matthew 28. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We've taken that statement and turned it into a banner. We've turned it into a mission statement. Making disciples for Jesus who are eager to serve others. That phrase became a statement that was spoken in many languages written in many languages on the cards that have been distributed what more can i say to encourage you to give how can i say any more than what christ has said making disciples whose job is it you know we could ask that about a lot of missions we could ask that about a lot of ministries This is an appropriate question, not just for Mission Sunday, but for every Sunday, for every day. Whose job is it? Because every mission point, every ministry that we have is really about discipling. It's about making disciples. And it's about you making disciples in some way many methods one mission <clears throat> you know I'm, I'm not big on titles if you spend much time with me you'll figure that out uh, Rick was joking this week to someone that he's the senior minister that's because he's older than me and so there you go that's a good title I don't know if that makes me the junior minister anymore there's those that are younger than me but I'm not big on titles. There's one title that I won't accept, though. The Evangelist. All right? That may surprise you, because that's been a common title among us. It's not because I'm against evangelism. No, I'm all, I, I think evangelism is a pretty good idea. And even if I don't, Jesus seems to think it's a really great idea. Okay? So, it doesn't really matter what I think. And it's not that the term evangelist sounds very Billy Graham, okay? That's not it either. It's the the part of it. Call me an evangelist. Call me a evangelist. Call me one of the evangelists. I'm okay with that. But evangelism is something like disciple making, and they are the same thing, evangelism and disciple making in many ways, but it's something that we just do. Like breathing, like talking. 
I understand we have to be intentional about it, but at some point it becomes the natural response of the church, the natural function of what the church does. I breathe and I talk, but I'm not the breathing talking minister, okay? And I don't minister to pulpits. If I do, this thing is sad. I'm an evangelist. I'm a disciple maker because I'm a disciple of Jesus. And so are you. So are you. Whose job is it? All of us. Each one of us. It's the job of ascending church. It's the job of traveling missionaries. In 3 John, we see a very biblical statement about, uh, you know, even in the first century, they realized that some churches would send and some people would travel and go. And it was right for them to support those who were traveling. John tells a church that he's familiar with, the Apostle John, that it is right for them to support those traveling teachers. And it's right for them to encourage those traveling teachers. To show them hospitality. And in Acts, Paul and Barnabas are sent out as traveling teachers, but there's that Antioch church that supports them. Now, we talk about Paul's first missionary journey and his second missionary journey and the third... You know, that, that whole business about Paul's missionary journey, that's not really in your Bible. Those are the headings that the Bible publishers put in there. Think about it. Who's involved in those mission efforts of Paul and Barnabas and later on Paul and Silence? Don't you think the folks at Antioch had some ownership of that? They did. I mean, Paul and Barnabas, it wasn't just their idea. The church in Antioch got around them, surrounded them, laid hands on them and said, these guys need to go. Maybe Paul and Barnabas were wearing them out and they thought it'd be better if they got out in the mission field for a few weeks. I don't know. I think it had something to do with the Holy Spirit too, though. But you see my point? My point is that all of us are part of this disciple-making effort. So what more can I say to you to possibly encourage you to give I've offered you the words of Jesus I've offered you some reflections from the first century on whose job it is to make disciple I hope you'll agree with me that it's each and every one of us have that responsibility to make disciples in some way I'm going to ask you then before we do this second offering um, a couple of well really no just one one simple question what will you do with what you have now I'll emphasize this statement two ways the first way is where is this thing there we go what will you do with what you have notice that the question doesn't ask you to be concerned about what somebody else is giving this question is not asking you to be concerned with what somebody else isn't giving You may wonder if somebody is going to do all that they can. Or you may wonder if somebody else will fill in the gap. Or you may wonder if somebody else is really participating at all. Or maybe some people participate too much. Or maybe since some give to that, I won't give to that. That's not the question. What will you do? That's all that really matters right now anyway. What will you do? You have to make a decision about what you give. You can't be concerned with what others are doing. You have a job as part of an Antioch-sending church to decide what you will do. Make that decision, not even because of your family members, 
you know, your parents or, you know, hey, I want to say this. Some of you may think, I, 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 can't, I can't give very much or my parents take care of this. It's not about that. It's about the pledges that you make. It's about the gifts that you give in the name of God. And I'd like for you to participate that and see what happens. The other way to emphasize this question is, what will you do with what you have? Not what you don't have. Not what you can't do. But what you have. If you think it's going to be an insult to see pledges, I don't know. You stop thinking that way. Because I don't want you to be downing yourself and miss out on the commitment that you can make with God. Forget the amount. Focus on what you have. God is calling us to discipleship. And one of the ways that we are disciples is we take what we have And do what God has called us to do. And we trust Him. Because what was the statement that Bill McDonald said last week? God is limited by what we can do and by our checkbooks and bank accounts. And gee, God would like to do a lot in this world, but He really can't because people like us, we don't have enough members or we don't have enough income. Ephesians 3.20. That's not Ephesians 3.20, is it? Nope, my sarcasm. Did you catch that? Did you get it? You with me? God is able to do immeasurably more. You can't measure it than all we can ask or imagine. I can imagine a lot. And God out-imagines me. He created my imagination. He created your imagination. So what will you do with what you have? The work's been done. It's been prepared. There are pledge cards. You have the ability to um, put in checks, cash. This is the website, westark.ccbchurch.com. There are ways to give online. Let's pray, and we're going to pass this tray. And again, the question, what will you do with what you have? Pray with me. Father... We've, we've made a moment here where we think about what we have and how we can give. And I pray that you will work in the hearts and minds of every disciple maker here so that we can all participate in your mission on earth to make disciples. God bless us in this participation and we pray that you will provide all things. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Let's distribute the plates for this Missions, Contribution, and Pledge.